This is the Birth Village Podcast. Welcome back to the Birth Village Podcast. I am so excited to bring this episode to you today, but before we dive in, I just wanted to ask you guys to do me a quick favor and give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. This would really help us grow our show and continue to provide you guys with this information and empowering stories and all that. So if you are enjoying the episode, we would love a rating and review or take a quick screenshot and share it on your Instagram. Tag us in it so we can give you a shout out. Let us know what part you found the most interesting and thank you for all of your support. Today, I am joined by Michelle Murdoch, who is a doula, midwife assistant, and childbirth educator here in St. George, and we're going to be talking about physiological labor. Michelle, thank you so much for being with me today. I'm so excited to hear from you. My pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. I could talk about birth all day. (laughs) Me too. Will you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about your background in birth? Yeah. Um, I've been in birth work since 2018. I started as a doula. um, And that just wasn't quite enough. So (laughs) I went to my midwife, Janae Sherman, and asked if I could start assisting her in any way, shape or form, whatever that looked like, whatever she needed. Um, And I think I asked enough times (laughs) to where she was like, okay, yes, finally. Yeah. Like, whatever whatever gets you to stop asking. (laughs) But here we are a few years later, I started assisting her in 2019. Okay. Um, and yeah, here we are at like 105 births later and I'm just smitten with birth work. I love it. Okay. That's so cool. That's so awesome that you've been able to be a part of that. And you just started teaching childbirth classes as well. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, Sammy Atkinson and I started a childbirth class. We wrote the curriculum ourselves. Um, I always feel like I need to lead with that because (laughs) some people ask like, Oh, what's it through? Is it hypno? Is it Bradley? Is it Uh all the things? And I'm like, first of all, no, it's it's not. Yeah. It's not certified. (laughs) It's not any of those sorts of things. It's not a program. We've, we created it Mm -hmm. on our own. It's experience based on what has worked for our clients and, She's been a doula a year longer than me. So we're similar in our experience, you know, at least history wise. But yeah. Cool. I love that. And then we're talking about physiological labor today. So can you define that for me? Yes. Um, Physiological labor is... I characterize it by spontaneous onset and progression of labor and includes the conditions that promote effective labor. So when I say effective labor or progressive labor, it's one that physiological labor is when it happens on its own and it's undisturbed. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't mean like free birth by yourself on your own, (laughs) although that is, that is physiological. Yes. Um, But it's when, it's when there are no disturbances and a mother and baby, because it's a physiological process for the baby as well. Mm-hmm. It's this beautiful dance between a mom and her child where their bodies are communicating and working together to get here, to arrive. And they're really 
usually isn't a need for a lot of intervention or any intervention um, and physiological labor is when you just leave it to mother nature and yeah, let it be. Yeah. And I personally think that is such a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful process and it's interesting to learn about that our bodies are, are made to do this and they're set up for it. And majority of the time they, they can do it and they perform their functions correctly. And it really is a beautiful, I love that you're calling it a dance because it feels pretty. And that's how I feel about labor and birth is it, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So I like that analogy that you've given. And, and I have found in my experience when I'm attending births that are truly this physiological process and there aren't interventions. Um, a woman is dancing a lot, mm, whether it's yeah. a labor sway or um, just there's a lot of movement. Yeah. So I like that. Also, I wanted to touch on that this can happen. Physiological labor can happen anywhere. Like yes. you said, it can happen in a free birth. Sure. It does happen in a free birth. It can happen in a home birth. It can also happen in the hospital as long as that's what you want and you have a strong birth plan and stuff like that. So this is not just for uh, people who want a free birth or people who want to have a home birth. Yeah. No, it, this is a process that can happen and does happen anywhere, whether you know it or not, whether you've planned it or not. Yeah. Your body knows how to do this and it will happen regardless of where you are. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that there are some benefits to having a physiological labor or having uh, little to no interventions. What would you say that those benefits are? For mom and baby or just yeah. in general? In general. Oh, okay. So many benefits. I don't know where to start. <laughs> First and foremost, I think of postpartum because we we spend so much time planning our labor. Yeah. Things like that, which is important. But when labor is left undisturbed and there aren't interventions that postpartum recovery process is usually so much easier and smoother. So that's, yeah. to me, that's one of the biggest benefits for mom and baby. Cause that's already a hard time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can, it can be, it doesn't need to be, but sure. when that's when, that's what I love about physiological birth is that that window is less taxing and less stressful yeah. because you didn't have to, you don't have to recover from anything more than just the labor. But when you have to recover from all the interventions or the stress or the trauma of things that were put on your body uh-huh. unduly, then it just becomes more to recover from. Yeah, definitely. I think that there are fewer risks during a physiological labor or like an untouched labor and, and typically safer outcomes too. Would you say that that's true? Yeah, definitely. The, um, the more interventions we can stay away from and the longer we can put off like that cascade of interventions side effect, the better, the better for mom, the better for baby. It doesn't always happen. And there is a time and a place and a need for certain things. Yeah. But ultimately the, the desire I think for every birth worker and every mom is to design a birth plan and have that goal in mind of being supported. Yeah. Yeah. And being as uninterrupted as possible. Yeah. Well, let's jump into it then. Okay. Let's like start to finish, jump into physiological labor. What does that look like and, and how does it go? Cool. 
Okay, so like I said earlier, physiological labor is um, really starts when labor starts spontaneously. Okay. And I mean, even like not having to do homeopathics or <laughs> yeah. squeeze your pressure point down at your Achilles <laughs> heel, like technically that is already intervening and um, like it's not a huge intervention, Yeah, but it technically is disrupting the process. Okay. So physiological labor is technically defined as when that labor just starts spontaneously. Um, and spontaneous rupture of membranes, that's your water breaking, mm -hmm. um, all of those things. And labor progresses at, with a circadian, like a, a rhythm, it's rhythmic and it builds and it intensifies and, you don't have to do anything or add anything to it. If anything, layers are peeling off, like physically, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. You're taking your clothes off. You're turning lights off. You're asking people to leave. Um, and you're calling in those intentional humans that you asked to be there to support you um, by invitation only. Yeah. Uh, that's physiological labor. Um, and I could go into the nitty gritty of like, this is what first stage labor looks like. This is, and then you move into second stage and then transition and then all those things. And yeah, there's names for all of it and there's definitions and all the things, but, um, they all look so different for each woman yeah. and each birth that, um, I don't really feel the need to s say exactly what happens when and where, Sure, but it's all part of that physiological process. And for some women it takes 30 hours and others, it takes two yeah. hours. So, well, and those are the types of things that you might learn as you're preparing yourself, going to your childbirth class or something like that, mm -hmm. that those are the things that you can learn there. Yes. Yeah. You, you will, you hopefully will learn what's within normal limits. You know, you want to, yes. it's, it helps you feel safe and it helps you know when you know what to expect, you know, like, how long should this take? How long should that take? That definitely helps you feel safe and secure in your body when you know what to expect. Yeah. Um, but birth is also very unpredictable. Yeah. So <laughs> sometimes too much information is not a good thing. Yeah, because it can take you away from letting whatever happen, happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because um, it can make you feel like you're in control when really you're your body's in control. Yes. A hundred percent. Our prefrontal cortex completely turns off at a certain stage in labor. Um, and simply asking a woman, Hey, do you want a sip of water is going to disrupt her physiological process because that part of our brain, the prefrontal cor cortex is the rational, the little details that do you want the lights on? Yeah. Can I touch you like this. Do you want counter pressure? All of that, like, I'm guilty of doing that as a doula for sure. It's still hard to remind yeah. myself even like, no, don't ask her questions. Don't disrupt her. Just do, just support with love. And she will let you know with her body cues or with her words or with a swat of her hand that she does <laughs> not want that. Yeah. And that's okay. And that is 100% like a woman in her physiological labor. Mm -hmm. um, and just allowing her body to... yeah. Yeah, what it does and need what it needs. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's why the people that you bring in to your birth, them also having a really good understanding of what physiological labor is and 
how your body responds to outside external stimuli mm-hmm. um, is really important. Yeah. It, it has it has a huge effect on how your labor progresses because if you're constantly trying to placate to other people's needs or take care of them emotionally, like being super polite and making sure you don't step on their toes while you're trying to dilate and (laughs) give birth, you're thinking too much. You're too much in your prefrontal cortex and you're in a way you're hindering that process. You want to bring people in that completely love and support and understand physiological labor. Mm -hmm. There's one of our, one of the classes that I teach in my six week series with Sammy, we tell moms, um, bring your doulas to this next class and anyone who you plan on having at your birth so that they understand what's happening so -hmm. that they also know how to support you so that they aren't asking you frivolous questions yeah. Pulling you out of that labor land. Yeah. Because we want you to stay in labor land. We want you to stay there and be there blissfully and not have to worry about explaining anything to anyone else. So when there is that education and support around a woman in labor, her physiological process can just unfold and just be it just is because you don't yeah. have to think about it. You're going to give birth no matter what. And no matter what you know or don't know, but it does help for the people around you to also understand that Uh and not be freaking out, you (laughs) know, like she can make these noises. That's part of the process. It's okay. It's normal. It's natural. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So having everyone there understand what labor might look like, because even a woman doesn't know necessarily what her labor will look like. It's going to be different with every single birth that she has. And yeah. And then leaning into what, how can everybody that's going to be in attendance, including the mother, how, yeah. how can all of these people prepare themselves to surrender and, and lean into the physiological process? So one of the first, one of the most important things I tell a mom in preparation for her birth is to really, really, really cultivate trust within herself. First and foremost, you can worry about outside people later, uh-huh. including your spouse. Um, but first and foremost, invest in yourself, connect with yourself and really build a trusting relationship with your body. And I find in my experience, um, I have found that this is even more crucial for women who have, um, experienced infertility or sexual trauma or anything that has made that has created doubt within themselves or created a negative relationship with their body. Yeah. You know, so it's that first and foremost is the most important thing. And I tell them that and explain that the reason behind that is because no matter how much you know, um, no matter how much you understand the stages of labor and no matter how many birthy words you can define (laughs) it, Ultimately, it's not going to massively impact your ability to give birth. Your body is going to do this regardless. But if you don't trust that your body can do this and you don't trust even when, if and when an intervention is medically necessary, 
if you don't have that trust with your body, it's going to be, it's going to feel more chaotic and more scary and more nerve wracking. But when you trust, when you have that relationship with your body, you also trust that your intuition is going to let you know when something is off or when you need a little bit of help. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily blindly trusting or just trust the process. Your body can do this. It's going to be great. That's true. But sometimes it isn't that simple and it isn't that easy. And Mm -hmm. the physiological process does get disrupted and, or baby needs a little bit of help or, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. When you have that relationship, that trusting relationship with your body, you're going to support the process no matter what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So is building that trust, does that look different for each, for different people? Oh yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Um, when you're, especially when you're pregnant, because I mean, for me, I'm a huge runner and cyclist and swimmer. I'm so active. Okay. Um, and then being pregnant, connecting with my body looked a lot more like yoga and being still and slowing down, but I still, I craved that connection with my body. Um, and so it just, it changed and it looked a little different while I was pregnant. Uh Um, but there, there definitely was this transition of, Oh, I can't connect with my body right now because it just didn't, you know, it didn't look like what it did before. Yeah. But I realized for myself and I see in my clients a lot that if you slowly let that connection with yourself erode during pregnancy, it rears its ugly head during labor. Mm. So you need to find a way to stay connected and in your body, present in your body and loving your body throughout Mm -hmm. pregnancy, because that will support your physiological birth. Mm -hmm. It will support what your body already knows how to do. Yeah. Um, So whether that's hiking or walking outside, connecting with nature in any way, shape or form, yoga, meditating, you know, whatever grounds you and keeps you in your body is going to help you foster that relationship with yourself and your intuition. Um, especially if you are the type of person that maybe has a little more anxiety or like scarcity mindset or has a little bit more fear. Yeah. Um, fear. I know we talk a lot about in the birth world, we talk a lot about, um, how to avoid medical interventions. But I think one of the most, something that's even more derailing than a medical intervention is a woman's fear. Yeah. Whether she's birthing at home or the hospital or anywhere in between. Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. It's fear is, can hinder that and slow down that physiological process more than. Yeah. A, cervical check or right you know well and I think like practicing this connection and trust building with your body that can be used for anybody in any stage of life and that's Mm going to be beneficial all of the time yeah it's gonna like keep you healthier oh 100 percent. it will keep you so much saner as a parent so (laughs) start now while you're while you're pregnant yes while baby's still on the inside because you're gonna use these I, I call them brain breaks, but you're going to use these as a parent too, to just 
calm yourself so that yeah. you can share your calm with your own child. Yeah. But, um, yeah, building that trust with yourself so that no matter what happens, you feel empowered, you feel mm-hmm. okay, and you feel happy yeah. at the end. This podcast is supported by Funkit Wellness. Funkit is a woman-owned menstrual health company that strives to provide education on women's health issues. Menstrual education is essential to understanding your body and how to communicate with it. They believe in using food as medicine, which I personally love. Our bodies are more efficient at processing nutrients from real food, which is why seed cycling is so effective at supporting a healthy hormone cycle. If you're experiencing mood swings, cramps, hormonal acne, irregular periods, or even if you have hormones, hint, that's you, you could benefit from seed cycling. And Funkit Wellness has amazing quality and makes taking food-based vitamins very easy and straightforward. But not only that, they have tons of free information, recipes to incorporate seeds into your diet, and resources to start becoming an expert on your own cycle. Use the code BIRTHVILLAGE for 20% off your order. And for a limited time, you can get a free hard copy cycle journal with your order. That's Funkit Wellness and use code BIRTHVILLAGE for 20% off. After that, focusing on who you're bringing in to your labor. Okay. Um, including your care provider because you don't work for them. They work for you. Right. You are interviewing them um, to see if they fit in with what, what you, you want. Yeah. Sorry. And, <laughs> no, it's true. It's we, I call it white coat syndrome where we totally just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to listen to everything you say and do exactly as you say it. Like we just don't question. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, even at prenatals, sometimes there's when I've heard women talk about how their blood pressure went up when they were at a, oh yeah. With their OB, you know, when they transfer into, um, home birth care, um, and their blood pressure is all of a sudden like lower and they're like, yeah, I guess it's just cause you guys are dressed in normal clothes and I'm visiting you at a home instead of a hospital. Just that's another disturbance could be another disturbance with physiological labor. I know I'm switching no, topics, yeah, but <laughs> even just going to the hospital and the first time you step into that building, even when that's where you plan to give birth, like, yeah there's, it's really common for there to be like a a stall in labor. Um, and it's not a bad thing, but it is your body literally checking in with itself saying, okay, are we safe? Yeah. Are there predators around? Like you totally go into your mammal instincts. Yes. And you, your body makes sure, okay, we can keep progressing physiologically. Mm -hmm. We're fine. Yeah. Like the lighting kind of sucks here, but we're good. <laughs> we can do this. We're fine. And yeah. so that stall is normal. But um, yeah, I've just had a lot of moms who have switched from hospital to home birth and they're like, my blood pressure is better. And yeah, all the things are just because they're more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Because there isn't that like someone towering over you that you feel like you have to give your authority, like your autonomy over to them. Yeah. Um, so preparing yourself to be as comfortable as possible and you were saying with whoever's going to be there too yeah yes so getting comfortable with your ob or switching if you're not or Mm -hmm. being comfortable with your midwife or your whoever's going to be there yeah 
asking the hard questions up front. Um, like what? Well, being okay with first, I, okay. Knowing that you have to put the hard work in and interview more than one, most likely. So interview around to see what feels right. Mm -hmm. Midwives, OBs, doulas, making sure you're bringing in the people that you feel connected with because Mm -hmm. this physiological dance is very, very intimate and very vulnerable. And you have to be totally comfortable um, naked in front of them all your bodily functions. And I mean, it's, it's really intimate. So you want to make sure, you know, you can hold eye contact with that person and just feel safe in that space with them. Yeah. Um, so asking questions up front, just any questions that feel important to you to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like how do you support physiological labor? What are your thoughts on physiological labor? Um, what's your transfer rate? If those are things that you need to know, things that will help you feel safer with that provider. Um, or what's your C-section rate? What's your, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Or if you're going for a VBAC, how do you support a VBAC? Understanding whether or not your provider is going to be actually really supportive of that. Or if, if they're more rolling their eyes saying, yeah, I'll give you a trial of labor, whatever. But yeah. they, do they actually believe in your ability to do it? Yeah. Or are they just placating and saying, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you try. We'll give it a shot. But, yeah. you know, if there's a but at the end of the sentence, that's not the provider for you. And your body is going to energetically register that while you're in labor. You're going to know that there's someone in the room who doesn't support or doesn't believe in my body's ability. Mm-hmm. I remember with my first, there was one nurse who I was never introduced to her. I didn't know her name, but I just looked up and asked her if she could leave the room. And it got kind of awkward and quiet, and I didn't give any reasons why, but also I knew I didn't have to. Yeah. And I don't owe her anything. Like, I wasn't rude, and I totally believe in killing people (laughs) with kindness, but I it registered in my body for whatever reason she did not support what I wanted. I knew, yeah. I knew it. It registered because I am in tune with my intuition. And as soon yeah. as she left the room, it was like this huge relief and tension released from my shoulders. And my midwife even noticed it. And like the energy was restored yeah. to the room. Yes. Mm. And half an hour later, I had fully dilated and I was ready to go. So I mean, I know that's just my own personal experience, but I have seen that so much. I've been in situations as a doula where I knew something wasn't driving with my client and I just had to kindly say, hey, can we have another nurse or, Mm -hmm. you know, are you going to be totally supportive of what my client wants here? Because if not, like we are flexible. Yeah. (laughs) With anyone else (laughs) no no but it's but we're protecting we're protecting that Mm -hmm. that space so that the physiological process can happen yeah because if like like we've said already so many times there are so many different things that can disturb it Mm -hmm. and it's such a sacred delicate thing that needs protection sometimes yeah and it's okay to 
protect that, especially yeah. if you do it nicely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's always a kind way to get what you want. And yeah. um, I think so trust building that trust with yourself and then who you bring in. Um, those are really like the main two things. That's I feel like once you've covered that, you've covered your bases well enough above and beyond that is childbirth education. Yeah. Obviously I'm a huge supporter because I'm an educator. Um, however, <laughs> is it 100% needed? Uh-huh. I might get a lot of crap for this, but <laughs> no, it's not okay. your, your body's going to give birth, whether you know what's happening or not. Mm-hmm. That is physiological birth. Your every cell in your body is preparing to give a physiological birth. It knows what to do. It, everything in your body wants to support that. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you need to know every single thing? No, technically you don't, but it can empower you. It can help you feel safe. Mm -hmm. It can give you this beautiful sense of control because we all love to feel to some degree like we are in control. Yeah. Um, even though we're not Yeah. ever in a lot of ways, <laughs> but especially with birth, but, um, well, but you can be in some level of control because you can control the lights and who's yeah. there and the sounds that you're hearing and the smells that you're smelling. And, mm-hmm. and then there are some parts that you do have to surrender to a hundred percent. Yeah. So that's, a huge focus in my class is control the things that you can. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the list of the things that you can control. Yeah. Let's start with that. Set ourselves up for success because when you start to feel yourself slipping into that surrender yeah. season of labor, um, you just want to have all your ducks in a row and have everything else the way you want it Yeah, because it's for some women, it's really easy to just melt into that surrender. And others, it's a fight. Yeah. And I have found personally um, in my own experience that it comes back to that relationship the woman has with her body. Okay. If you trust your body and, and you trust that process, you are, I've just seen that surrender process go more smoothly. Do you think that learning how to trust your body is similar to practicing surrender? Does that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I or is there any way to practice surrender? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of anything that's like a specific, but I do know that when, when there is that trust, all fear is just repelled out of you. Mm-hmm. So you allow your body to open and melt and soften. You allow your baby to descend. Um, because I think the largest hindrance in physiological labor is our own fear. Mm-hmm. Aside from all the medical interventions, it's it's fear that can captivate and take the driver's seat of a labor yeah. if we allow it. Because it can prevent your cervix from dilating and everything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, totally. Another great way to prepare for a physiological birth, like to prepare and support your body Mm -hmm. the best you can is knowing your environment. So really, really getting to know where you're giving birth, 
whether that's at home, a birth suite, or a hospital. Um, if you're giving, especially if you're giving birth in a hospital, understanding that institution's philosophy on birth, how they support physiological birth. Your specific hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is where I feel like education is key. Um, it's like I said, you don't technically have to know what all the stages of labor are, how long they last and blah, blah, blah. You, it helps. But what you really do want to know and what I feel is your, not only your right, but it is your responsibility as a parent Mm -hmm. to understand your rights where you're giving birth and to really educate yourself so that you can give informed consent during labor and after with newborn care and things like that. So education in that way, I feel like is super important. I think that's a really interesting point because I, I personally didn't realize or didn't know that different hospitals would have their different policies and procedures. Like I just assumed that hospitals, hospital, home birth is home birth, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever hospital you go to, this is what it's going to look like. And we recently had someone write into us and suggest that we even discuss that a little bit, like what are our hospitals policies and things like that. And I think that we may get around to doing that and, and we definitely want to at least somewhat address that because she's asked us to. But the other thing is every hospital is different. Oh yeah. Every provider is going to be different. They all have their specific policies and their specific procedures that, and their specific protocols that they have to adhere to. So I do think it's important to do your research and learn about your space. Yeah. Cause we have listeners from all over. And so we can, we can definitely talk about Southern Utah, but every hospital is different. And personally, that's not something I realized it. And it's not just hospital to hospital, it's state to state. Right. One of the things that brought me here to St. George was just to give birth. Yeah. Coming from California where state laws are so different for home birth. Um, and I mean, I've experienced midwifery care in California, Nevada, and Utah. Um, and when I gave birth in Nevada, we, I was so informed of my rights in that state that when the hospital threatened to report us to CPS, I said, um, actually you can't do that. Like you have no grounds. This is just a huge fear tactic right now. And thanks for dropping that on me while I'm in labor. And you know, that's just, so that is part of the education side of things that I feel like is way more important to understand that than anything else, because knowing that and being able to nip that in the bud when I was in labor, instead of drawing it out and allowing them to fear monger me into a scary place, I supported my physiological process by being like, um, no, silence yeah. yourself, get out. Don't disrupt my process right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually know my rights. Yes. And everything you're saying right now is messing with my ability to progress. So goodbye, get yeah. out of here. Yeah. But I wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, if I didn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Definitely. then my whole labor could have changed because then I would have been freaking out about being reported to CPS. So, um, yeah. And (laughs) I also had chosen people specifically. I was intentional about who was there with me and they were in my corner. And when I spoke up and was mama bear, 
all over everyone in the room. <laughs> all my people were like, yeah, no, she's right. We have her back. Yeah. And that was, you know, my mom, she could have totally cowered and gone all white lab coat syndrome on me and been like, no, 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 you need to listen. But since I informed her and I educated her up front, I was like, mom, this is the way it's going to be. This is what I know I need. And if anyone or anything gets in the way of that process, they'll be asked to leave. Yeah. And so she understood in that moment when I said to the nurses, like, no, that's not true. Yeah. It, it would have been so characteristic of my mom to be like, no, you need to listen to them. But since I front loaded her yeah. and I let her know, like, this is what's most important. And trust me, I've done the research and I have educated myself on this state's laws on X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, I could go into that for days, <laughs> but that was how in that moment I advocated for myself, spoke up for myself and supported my physiological. Yep. And process. protected it. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I feel like education is paramount. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily like the fun stuff to educate yourself yeah. on. Like most parents coming to our class or people who hire me expect to learn like how to breathe your baby out and how to handle pain sure. and different comfort measures and things like that. And that is all so valid and so important. And yes, you will learn that and I will teach you all the tricks I know. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately that other side of things that you're responsible for, the informed consent stuff, the policies and protocol that's almost, I feel like a little bit more important to know and to understand. Yeah. Because that's what you do have control over. Yeah. A hundred percent. The comfort measures and all of that, that, that'll come. Um, yeah. And that also goes back to who you've chosen as your support people. Because uh -huh. you're not going to be, you're not going to be the one providing that hands-on support, you know, like. Yeah. That's the people around you. I like what you've said about your mom. Like you prepared her mm -hmm. to be your support person. Yeah. And I think that can be an important part that can get overlooked too. Mm -hmm. Is just like, oh, it, it's my mom. Like yeah. she's going to, it's just, she's just my mom. Of course I want my mom there. Okay. Well, prepare your mom to support you. Yeah. Because she doesn't know how. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to see it's hard to see your child in, in pain. pain. Yeah. <laughs> and there is pain, or if you want to call it pressure, whatever boat you're in, there is pain and pressure in labor. So mentally preparing your mom or whoever it is that's going to be there, it's so important because the way that they respond to you can make it or break it. Yeah. And early on in my um, birth work, it was one of my first clients as a doula, um, I totally saw a labor just completely do a 180 after everything was progressing and she was so supported and the environment was exactly how she wanted it. Her birth plan, all of her preferences were just going off without a hitch. And then her mom got there and there was just this change in the room and I'm not, I, maybe it sounds like I'm against having moms there. I'm not. I <laughs> love multi-generational births. They're my favorite. Grandma, yeah. mom, birthing mom, and then baby. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's the most beautiful full circle thing. And I'm 
I feel so blessed when I get to witness that. It's very few births that I get to see multi-generational um, attendance. But this one birth in particular, her mom was just so um, driven by fear. Mm-hmm. So fear mindset that it messed with my client giving labor. Like she could feel that fear. Um, and it taught me early on as a birth worker that this is something I need to prepare my clients for. Like yeah. it's important. It is important. You need to choose wisely. And if you're adamant about having someone there that is a little bit more fear mindset or not as trusting in your ability to do this, mm-hmm. it's definitely not your job. But if you want them there, then you're kind of taking on that responsibility. And it is your job to send them birth videos, send them resources so that they can get well acquainted with what a physiological birth looks like, sounds like, mm-hmm. and what you want it to look like and what you want it to sound like. Yeah. Because that is what will support your process. Yeah. Do you have any other tips on um, creating the right environment specifically? So it that does depend on where you plan on giving birth. Okay. Um you do have more control of your space if you are able and want a home birth. Yeah. Obviously you have all the control there. You get to choose everything. Um, but on a physiological level, it's, I mean, we go back to our instincts. We like dim, closed, quiet, um, it's why most women give birth at night or, Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, at night or the wee hours of the morning when it's yeah. dark, it that is when that physio- physiological process kicks in. Um, not that bright lights will keep you from giving birth. You're still going <laughs> to give birth if all the lights are on in the room. Yeah. But it doesn't support it as well as, yeah. you know, having those lights dimmed and it being quiet and just respected. Cozy, maybe. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then is there anything else, any other advice that you have on how to protect that, that process of physiological labor? I know we've already talked about it, but just that relationship with yourself, Mm -hmm. that relationship with your body and really doing, doing the work up front during labor, because if you put it off and you procrastinate like me and do it at the very end, it, it just comes out in labor. Labor is such a yeah, such a portal in so many ways. And the more you prepare spiritually and emotionally, as well as physically, like yeah. doing all your yoga and doing all the stretches and chiropractic care and all of that supports a physiological birth. But that that spiritual side of bringing life mm-hmm. and being responsible for that and the way that your heart changes preparing for that more than all the other trendy things on social media Mm -hmm. is way more important in my opinion at least and that looks different for everyone because it depends on your history it depends on your past experiences or you know whatever traumas you have that you need to work through for sure um one of my favorite books that's not birth related but it definitely 
Well, I shouldn't say it's not birth related. It's just not a birth book. It's called What Happened to You um, by Oprah Winfrey and oh, I can't remember his name, but he's a neurobrain surgeon and he talks about how our prefrontal cortex and our brain stem work together and how trauma affects our physiological processes. And even though he never mentions birth, I'm, I'm listening to it as a birth worker thinking, oh my gosh, this is exactly why we do this in labor. This is exactly why trauma yeah. affects, you know? Yeah. So if they're, I mean, we all have trauma. We all have things we <laughs> need course. to work through. So that would probably be the last thing that I don't feel like I've touched on is working through your trauma and doing that work and understanding how your brain works and functions when you're recovering. Because mm -hmm. like I said earlier, your prefrontal cortex shuts off and you're functioning from your brainstem yeah. during labor yeah. and trauma is stored in our brainstem. So it's going to rear its ugly head, whether yeah, you, it's going to surface. Yes. Whether you are conscious of it or not. So the more you can work on it beforehand and really, really put in that time and that effort, it's going to serve you. Yeah. It's going to serve and support your physiological labor. Awesome. I love everything that you've said. Seriously. I really do. Thank you so much. Um, I, I think that all of this is such great information for people and these things really make such a huge difference in labor. So thank it you does. for your yeah. time and My your pleasure. preparation and everything to come on today. Will you tell our listeners where they can find you or how they can get in contact with you if they would like to? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I do have a birth Instagram, but I honestly don't check it as much as I should. So my, <laughs> my personal Instagram or email. Okay. What's your email address? Michelle.Elizabeth.Murdoch at gmail.com. Great. We'll put that in the show notes so you can check on spelling and everything if you would like to. Um, once again, thank you so much. If any of our listeners would like if you'd like to support this podcast i already mentioned it but it would be great if you could rate and review or simply just to share it with your friends and the people around you that could benefit from it that would be great if you have any questions or comments or any if you'd like to get in contact with us at all you can always reach us on instagram at the birth village podcast or email us thebirthvillagepodcast at gmail.com we've got some fun things coming up so make sure to give us a follow on instagram so you don't miss any of that or any of our updates we are so grateful to any of you that support us in any way and as always i will leave you with this reminder empowered women empower women thanks for listening <laughs>